Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we're fortunate to have Dan Roselli and Sarah Smith with QC Fintech, our local fintech accelerator program, join us. I thought it was a, a good opportunity to sit down and talk with them for 25 or 30 minutes. The The basis of the conversation is really, you know, they've now transitioned. Um, they've got class eight, uh, so coming off of their first fall class. Um, so they've had three classes now in the last 18 months. So the class has grown. It's grown in scope as far as, you know, where they're getting their their classmates from. We've got a Nigerian company. We've got, I think, two Canadian companies. And so just wanted to kind of get their perspective on how this thing's going, um, the feedback they're getting from the from the, um, from the the class members or as they call them, cohorts. Um, and then also wanted to transition and talk about the upcoming conference, right? June 13th, um, FinTech Generations is presented by, uh, by Oracle and the Carolina FinTech Hub. Um, it's being ho- hosted at Avid Exchange. So, you know, everything about the accelerator program, the conference that follows it, um, demo day for the for the companies has grown over the course of the last three or four years. And it's just to sit down again and, and, and kind of get their perspective a little bit, talk it out and have an opportunity to promote that to y'all, uh, because we certainly love to have everybody or as many people as possible attend the, the event on June 13th at Avid Exchange. So. Listening to today's podcast with Sarah and Dan talking about Class 8 and the upcoming FinTech Generations Conference. So Sarah and Dan, welcome back to the podcast this year. Thank Great you. to be here. So it's been, um, I think it's been, it's been six months since we had you on talking about Class 7 and the, um, the Southeast FinTech Venture Conference last year. Uh, certainly happy to have you back on talking about Class 8. So, um, and the, uh, the conference that follows, the conference that's set up for June 13th as well. So, FinTech Generations. FinTech wow, Generations. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the class for a few minutes. Um, so, you know, I've obviously, you know, seen them develop over the course of the last couple months, but um, how do you, how'd you find these folks? I mean, or how do these folks find you? It seems like the quality continues to get better and better. It does. I'm going to let Sarah handle that because she was really involved in the early stages of the recruiting along with Mahathi in that process. Yeah, I think that as our uh, you know cohorts have gotten stronger, they go back to their communities and they spread the word. So our brand's been increasing in places like Atlanta and New York and San Francisco. And this time around with recruitment, we also developed a partnership with F6S, which is a platform that most fintech startups are on. And with our partnership with F6S, we were able to get applicants from really all over the world this time. So for the first time, we have a company from Africa, CredPal, they're from Nigeria. Um, we have two Canadian companies. One was sourced from a Class 7 alum and then also a company from Copenhagen. So I think that our, our brand internationally has really increased in the year and a half that I've known Queen City Fintech. We have this U.S. and world map sitting in the suite that has more and more colored dots from across the globe. Yeah, no, I mean, we obviously y'all know we did the interview with the folks from CredPal and those uh, super impressive group of people. So not only are you getting somebody from 
um, from Africa is you're getting highly talented people from Africa as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the criteria is set, to Sarah's point, right? Uh, it's like a university. As the reputation grows, the quality of the applicants grow, mm -hmm. and then the cutoff goes up. And so it's, I think this time we had almost 200 applicants, and we're accepting down to 4 or 5% of the applicable. That is a highly competitive program. They, um, so both CredPal and Invora, right? Is that how I pronounce it? Yep. Okay. Um, they were both highly complimentary of the program, the city, and the mentors and advisors. So as the quality of the, of the company gets better, what does that mean for the city? And also, what does it mean for y'all as you look to have high-quality advisors and mentors for those? How do, you, how do you shift that over the course of the next couple of years? Well, I think there's two things. I think the quality... Let me start by thanking the mentors in the community and the sponsors. We, we like at QC FinTech to say all we're really doing is we're connecting a lot of dots of things that are here, really. This is a community project that has moved this forward. Uh, and the sponsors and the mentors deserve just a huge amount of the credit for that success. But as the companies get better, it's strategically more valuable for them. And I think they enjoy mentoring more, right? I mean, you enjoy mentoring smart people doing really interesting stuff. And as the caliber of the founders and the companies and the concepts get better, I think they're more engaged in mentoring and coaching them. That's a virtuous, self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I think the other thing we've talked about, which is a whole other podcast discussion, but well, we're on the Angel Network, so I should talk about it, is um, we can say that we are doing a fintech venture fund. We can't talk, talk much about it because we're in the middle of raising. Yes. Um, but we are doing that with the idea that that will help attract even better companies uh, and get more companies to stay. Um, I think that's a second really major component for us that, that has to happen. So it's... Stick on that note as far as capital goes, right? Because the, the, the lifeblood of any startup is capital. Um, you've had a couple of successes with past classes over the course of probably since we last did the podcast. Um, you had Cord um, get some nice credibility with Wells Fargo. You had a couple other. Talk for a second about, you know, what does that mean? Um, what does it mean? I mean, A, they got money, but what does it mean for the program? And, um, and then what does it mean for them in the city of Charlotte? Well, you know, the university analogy is not a bad one. When your alumni go out there and start doing really meaningful stuff in the industry, it raises the credibility of the institution they went through. And I think Queen City FinTech is, um, benefits in that same way. And I think we'll see some um, success stories from alumni that are, are meaningful on scale in any city from any accelerator program. Um, and, I, and I think that, that's part of our next step. Sarah, what does it do from a conference perspective? Does it help? when you're out there talking to different venture funds across the U.S. that you can now start to point towards some of the class alumni and say, look at X, Y, and Z, recently raised money, they came out of the program, look at this quality of people, they're doing X. What does um, what the success of alumni mean for the, this conference and the conference again in the fall? Yeah, I mean, it means everything. I think it's huge for both conferences, but really the Southeast FinTech Venture Conference the more alumni we have who've successfully raised, um, and even companies who've pitched at the conference, such as Threat Switch, they just raised, I believe, 450000 okay. Um, And while they are not a QCF alum, they're a Charlotte FinTech company that's in our community because they were part of our conference, it's huge when they raise. And then for things like FinTech Generations, when we have alumni partner with any financial institution or like a core get into a Wells Fargo Accelerator program, that really helps conferences like FinTech Generations because those are all about collaboration between the banks and FinTech companies um, in Charlotte and beyond. What, um, so 
we talked about it last fall a little bit. Y'all went to two comp or to two classes. You went to the fall from the spring class to the spring and fall class last year. Um, but you're running a second conference this year. Where the, I think the conference last year was run kind of by a separate group. What does it mean to run two different conferences in, a diff- in addition to two different classes? Well, the, the one thing, we produced um, the Spring Conference, what is now the FinTech Generations Conference. Okay. We produced that for three years. We had an additional partner that we don't have this before, but Sarah last year in 2017 produced that conference. So okay. um, I'll let her speak to her experience, okay. but I think she did just as much work last year as she did this year on it. Um, the, the one thing I'll say, which is the, the QC FinTech team, Sarah, Mahathi, Alfred, um, for, th- for a three-people team, they just do a tremendous amount of lifting. And we are, and people in Charlotte like to say this a lot, we punch way above our weight class yep. for the resources deployed. If you look at our, our inputs, it's literally a tenth of what a single Techstars program would get, and we compete on par or better to what they produce. Um, I think that's great value for money for our sponsors and for the community. But I'll let Sarah comment on the work effort because she's done just a phenomenal job on producing the conferences. So as you, as you talk about the work effort, talk also about what the conference looks like this year, right? Um, I think we've got some high... You have some high-quality speakers coming in. Um, you've got some other companies. It's, a full, it's another full-day event. Um, just talk a little bit about it so listeners know what they're coming to because all listeners are going to come to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so FinTech Generations, this one is a bit of a, a different conference plan than the November one was because this one, as we said, is kind of more focused on content um, and less so on connections between investors and FinTech companies. So we first decided, you know, what is our theme going to be? So with the help of Finsiders, the other co-organizer of the conference, we decided that the theme this year would be FinTech's rise. You know, FinTech's here. There's no disputing that. Where is it going now that it's maturing? So we took that and then we started looking at who could we bring in, not just from the Charlotte ecosystem, but beyond to speak. So we have our keynote being given by Jim Maroos of the Financial Brand and the Digital Banking Report. He does a lot of speaking around the world, really, about fintech and finance. So we're very excited to have him come for the keynote. And then we also have two fireside chats, um, one with Colleen Taylor, who's a VP at MasterCard. Um, and we're very excited to have her because it's not often that we get a female up there on a fintech stage so we love that Um, and then our panels are going to be tackling different things like financial inclusion and open banking and open apis and also throughout the day we will have our queen city fintech class eight companies do a one minute teaser pitch so we've actually never done this before for this june conference Uh, we want every conference attendee to at least get a taste of what they might see at demo day they can't then stay for the entire conference So, go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to say, the other thing that I think is unique about this conference is we purposely tried to keep it um, very real, I guess I would say, right? So, one of the things we talk about the organizers with Finsiders is kind of having a no BS conference and not just the same wonkety-wonk talks and get people who are really thought-provoking and challenging, people who will disagree with each other, um, that the audience really leaves um, challenged in their thinking versus just kind of coming and have information dumped on them. And that's been a common theme of how we built this up. And part of the reason I think the conference gets the reviews it does and as engaging as it does. And so uh, we also have, maybe we should mention this later, we actually have a special offer for all of the listeners of the, uh, the Charlotte Angel Network broadcast. Where, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, pay attention because we're offering a special 
50% off for all the listeners of the broadcast. And there's a special code for that. Sarah, you want to share that with everyone? Yep. The promotional code is CLT Angel, all in capital letters. So CLT Angel. So just from listening to this fantastic broadcast has been profitable for everyone today. <laughs> I expect a bunch of lunches coming to me for saving 50% off the conference. <laughs> Um, so conferences on June 13th is a Wednesday, correct? Um, That's right. Starts at 8 a.m., runs till 5. Is that the routine? Yep. Starts at 8. Um, the conference, the speaking portion, will really start around 8.50. There's okay. a VIP breakfast at 8. And then the conference will wrap up at five or 4.30, and demo day will kick off at 5. And okay. most importantly, there's a... Big-ass party afterwards. Can I say, say big-ass on your podcast? I don't think we're FCC regulated. Okay, so right. yeah. Well, there's yeah. a big-ass party afterwards. So where's the party? 820, which is right across from Abbott Exchange, who's our wonderful host for the conference. What's it like? So um, I love big-ass parties, so I'll be there. Um, what What does it mean to have Abbott Exchange hosted this year? Uh, well, it's huge, right? When we started QC FinTech four years ago, um, I used them all the time. It was just after they had done, I think, their D round. And I could point to Avid Exchange. And when I was trying to explain to people what we're doing and why we're trying to do it, and I said, we're planting seeds that are going to grow up and look like that tree. And they're like, oh, I get that, right? It was a physical representation of a maturing of where we want this to go. Yeah. And that was just invaluable to us, um, especially when they're announcing hundreds of new jobs, right? Yes. And then um, for them also to step forward as a partner in the community and realize that even as they're on their journey for success and they got a lot of hard work still to do and a lot of great growth, they're very committed as an organization um, to giving back. I think that comes from you know the top with Mike Prager uh, and Jay, who's been a fantastic partner and too many people at Avid Dimension. But as a company, it's part of their culture to realize that, yeah, they've been successful in this culture and it's their responsibility to give back and help grow the next generation of Avid Exchanges. And it's just invaluable. What is it? So, Invora is a, um, you know, I mean, I look at that as being a, a perfect uh, kind of class member for y'all because they do something very similar to Avid Exchange, right? They're electronic invoice, whereas Avid Exchange does it for medium sized businesses and Invora does it for small businesses. Um, is that what we're creating here? As Avid Exchange grows up, people are going to develop kind of there for them to to hopefully purchase in the future and then other fintechs grow up and and everybody's going to come here to try to partner with those to hopefully eventually be acquired is that what it is yeah and not even knowing what the direct path is going to be but that the value of the ecosystem growing and being more robust will yield fruit when we don't even know necessarily what that will look like until it happens right um what's interesting in Envoyer's case for example is even when they were in the interview process they noticed that Average Exchange was headquartered in Charlotte, and they knew they were a partner with the program. When we go through the selection process, and people from Avid participate in the selection process, their subject matter experts be able to vet it out. Are these guys for real? Do they have an interesting concept? Will they work with them while they're here? So all of that does interconnect really nicely. What um, what are the what kinds of questions do the companies ask about the program as they're going through the interview process? Um, what do they want to know about? You know, how y'all are doing it, how the city wraps around it, um, compared to London or Austin or whatever else opportunity they have to go for. In other words, what can the city continue to improve upon um, as to what it offers y'all and class members in the future? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I think Dan touched on this earlier. 
question we always get is, you know, how often do alumni raise and do they raise in Charlotte? So we obviously see a need for a fund that is going to help with our strongest alumni. Um, so I think, you know, having people kind of put money where their mouths are here would be really beneficial for getting fintech companies to come here and invest their time and their effort in Charlotte as well. Um, in addition to that, uh, I think a need for tech talent is huge. Uh, our mentors and our sponsors are subject matter experts in finance, but Charlotte itself as a city still has a long way to go in terms of tech talent and tech support. Um, and I think a lot of organizations are making strides to do that, but that's a question we often get from our, our founders. So, God, it seems like I've been um, asking this question for three years now. Um, besides Avid Exchange going public, um, which is always the solution for everything around here, um, what's... Is anything moving the needle as far as people kind of stepping into that investor role right now, or is that still a very slow-moving needle? You know, it is a little bit of a slow-moving needle. I mean, to, to talk to Sarah and the statistics, well over half of our companies have raised money post-program, and almost none of them have raised it in Charlotte, right? So it's not that we don't have good companies flowing through and we don't have good deal flow. We still don't have the dollars. And the adage always is, well, the money always follows the deals, Right. But the reality is they can find money in other places um, as these companies come through. And they're really good companies that are having to go outside Charlotte to raise money. So I, I've actually been more convinced over time that I'm not sure I buy that adage, that I think we have much better deal flow than we have financing connecting to it. Because um, I see them go raise in other places and then be successful um, raising in other places. Um, and I think uh, we, we mentioned the fact of our venture fund and we're out there trying to raise money for it. Um, and the interesting thing about that is almost every conversation we have, we're educating high net worth individuals in Charlotte about what venture investing is and what the risks and rewards are. Um, and we just don't have a whole tranche of people who have made money in venture investing. And, and even Raleigh's, a smaller marketplace, is well ahead, of, hell of a, hell, well ahead of us in that, as is Atlanta. That will come. That's part of growing this ecosystem. And just like other things we've done at Packard Place, where we're cutting through the jungle, um, we're doing the same thing on this fund. It feels like we're hacking a path through the jungle, but that path will be followed by other people. It will happen. Yeah. It just takes some dedicated people and some darn hard work. And um, I've said for the last couple months now that Charlotte will have three to five angel or venture funds in the next three to five years. Um, it's just the first one has to do all the legwork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, I hope I'm right on that. So talk a little bit about the class, right? Um, you know, how um, standard class, y'all doing the same um, same programs, you're taking them out on the road, how are they learning, um, how's the class developing so far? So we, we continue to add to what we do. Sarah's done a great job as the program manager in the curriculum, and I'll let her talk to maybe some of the things we tweaked and added this time. But I spend a lot of my time also working on um, more partnerships and how we expand. So we've talked to partners in New York, uh, we've talked to some partners in Plug and Play, like out in the Valley where we've had a couple of alumni go into their program after our program. Uh, some of the plug-and-play folks are going to be out here recruiting our companies as they graduate. Um, and so more and more you're seeing our um, breadth of network expand nationally and internationally. We had a call this morning with a uh, startup boot camp out of Europe who wants to help recruit some of our companies. So we, we uh, through QC FinTech and, and, and Charlotte, are definitely on the, on the global map in terms of what we're adding to the curriculum. And I think, Sarah, we may be able to talk to some of the things we tweaked 
this time on how we've added some value. Yeah, definitely. I think that this cohort, we did more roadshows than we typically do because, you know, as Dan said, it's really important for us to get outside of just the Charlotte network in terms of investors, especially. So we went to Raleigh and we did an event with the Carolina FinTech Hub up there for their chapter meeting. Um, and that was really successful. There was a big crowd there. We also went to Dig South, as we typically do, um, down in Charleston, and we had a mini demo day there. We also went to FinTech South in Atlanta um, for the first time, which is the Technology Association of Georgia's um, FinTech event they put on. So that was the first time I personally had been to that conference, and we brought our whole cohort down, so we really tried to expose them to other areas of the Southeast and other great organizations building up FinTech here. And Sarah, who won that pitch competition at FinTech and, South? Yes, our Class 7 um, alum coins won the FinTech South innovation pitch, so that was really exciting. $50,000, right? Yeah, for I Christian saw that. and Nate. Yeah, it was and, great. In that same week, I flew straight from Atlanta to Plug and Play, where Trust Stamp won the audience award for uh, Plug and Play's uh, FinTech program for like a back-to-back -back week. And I think that was the same week that Core and Amicus. Yeah, announced. it was a big week. <laughs> they got accepted the Wells Fargo Accelerator, and so that was a big week for us. We like yeah. those weeks. Yeah. yeah, no, I would imagine so. What is so? Um, Carolina FinTech Hub has kind of grown up since we last got together. Um, what does it mean for the program, um, and I guess for the conference, right? Because they're part 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 sponsor of the conference. Yeah, they're they're co-title sponsor. Okay. It makes it mean it's a huge deal. Um, to be able to have some resources like that to, to step upside um, Oracle to help uh, be the title sponsor um, allows events like this to happen in the program to be able to happen, right? So there's a very practical financial sense. But also part of the idea of the hub, too, was to get the corporations, um, or to get the ecosystem more strategically aligned with the corporations that they would therefore then support in a bigger way. So this becomes a strategic initiative and imperative for these financial services, bigger financial services companies in the region to want to support, and they don't want to see it go away. And Tarek Bakari, who's the executive director there, is doing a fantastic job of building the relationships and, and making sure the ecosystem aligns with strategic value these partners need. Uh, just yesterday, we had this fantastic event with Congressman Patrick McHenry that the Hub helped put on. Um, and I think you see that continue to, to grow forward. Um, it's also interesting, because for a while, early on, when we... I think I might have been the first person to really publicly use the term fintech in Charlotte four years ago, <laughs> and I was explaining what fintech meant, right? Yeah. And I had to go, well, think of financial services and technology, and you're short of it, and you get fintech. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, you can't throw a stone in Charlotte without running into people talking about fintech. Yeah, you're right. Um, and the Carolina Fintech Hub is maybe the best example of that. And I, I leaned over as, as this great Carolina FinTech Hub event was going on yesterday. I leaned over to someone like, this is great. Look at all these people. Look at all the support. And we didn't do a darn thing to make this happen. <laughs> um, and so that ecosystem is building. It's that momentum in the flywheel concept, whereas the flywheel is self-building momentum now yeah. in FinTech in Charlotte and the Carolinas. What's next, right? So you launch the, you do your, um, you, um, you do your conference on June 13th. You've already started taking applications for the class nine that are starting in the fall. Um, it starts September 6th, is that right? What day? Sometime in the early September? The yeah, the yeah. It's the Tuesday after Labor Day, whatever yeah. that is. So it starts early September. It'll wrap up, I'm assuming, in November, right? Before, November, yeah. the week, week before Thanksgiving. We're not going to try and do a Thanksgiving week event again. Okay. That's a bad idea. That's probably a good, uh, good, good plan. Um, so you've got Class 9, and then obviously you'll have Class 10 in the spring. 
you're raising money for the um, for the for the fintech fund here as well. Um, what's next? Is it just growing out the t- caliber think, of class? No, or? I think there'll be a couple of things you'll see us do. Um, we have this concept uh, that we call fintech labs, um, QC fintech labs. We're talking about creating a residential program for other fintechs in the area mm-hmm. to physically be in the same space that maybe are already past an accelerator stage, but still would value that community. Um, I think you'll see us also talk about an acceleration program that maybe is a non-equity program for later stage companies from across the country to be able to come in, come through the ecosystem, benefit through the connections we've made, um, and might be later stage, but still want to be able to benefit and pull in that connection. And then I think you also see us start to talk about um, niches within the broad tent of fintech, like maybe a specific call for insure tech companies, or mm. a specific call for reg tech, which we're particularly deep in. Um, and so I think you'll see that weave into what, what our plans are for 2019. Okay. So, no, that sounds interesting. So bringing mature companies from across the country into Charlotte has all kinds of benefits, not just for the program, I assume, but for the city of Charlotte. Um, and shoot, they might even pay rent too, right? Well, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting about the early stage companies. We're just a founding team. Yeah. It's pretty easy if they want to, to move to Charlotte. Yeah. Once you start getting employees, that gets harder, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why we didn't focus on later stage to start with. But I think we, we might be able to win a couple of those folks over who are looking at trying to build a employee base in the Valley or in New York and going, wow, you know, all the reasons that all these other companies like Charlotte, cost of living, quality of life, airport access, um, these work really hard for us as an entrepreneur building a company from 5 to 50. And we found great success internationally where I think international companies that are later stage that already have some funding and have clients in Europe are realizing that Charlotte is a much more hospitable front door to the U.S. financial services marketplace than in New York or the Valley. Not that those aren't great ecosystems in themselves, but again, cost, accessibility, um, ability to build a team here. Um, we think Charlotte's a great front door to the U.S. Yeah. No, it certainly is. I would agree. Um, I'm kind of partial, but that's okay. Um, Sarah, we kind of wrap up here, um, moving to the last three to five minutes type of um, type of conversation. What's so great speakers? Um, the highlight, the one minute pitches from the co- or from the from the class eight cohorts. Before I ask that question, why are they cohorts and not class members? I, I get confused every time. Why can't I just say class members? They're, they're interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. All right. fair enough. Um, what else? What else is on the agenda for attendees that day? Any, any? I mean, lunch will be served. Big ass party, as Dan Dan mentioned. Um, will there be venture capital funds here as well? Dan, you said it wasn't the, or I thought somebody said it wasn't the focus, but they'll it's still not the be focus, here. But they'll, they'll definitely still be investors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So will y'all bring? Since it's not the focus, will y'all bring class? Um, class eight members back for the fall to kind of repitch where it's a heavier focus on venture capital folks or they certainly have the opportunity to do that we don't redo their demo day yeah um and we and i think what we tell our alumni is you got to pass the threshold yeah of, of making the cut to be one of the companies that pitch now we're trying to help them reach that threshold mm-hmm. um, but as long as they do we, we'd love to have our alumni companies back mm-hmm. um the other thing though um demo days you know used to be um People had the thought that people were whipping out checkbooks at demo days, right, and investing in companies. No one has ever, or very rarely, whipped out a checkbook and invested in anybody's demo day. It's an opportunity to build relationships, yeah. to go have discussions about funding. And one of the things we've done for the companies that Mahathi has played point on and done a great job of, I think we've had 
six to eight venture funds come in and have one-on-one -on -one meetings with the class and, and during the course of the program, venture funds would rather come in and have one-on-one -on -one meetings than sit in a conference and listen to people pitch, right? That's, people kind of have that concept backwards. They don't, they don't really want to be in there. Um, they'd much rather have one-on-one -on -one conversations. So for, for folks that haven't been active angel investors, that listen to the podcast, that are trying to get familiar with the space, um, it's a safe place for them to come and, and watch pitches, learn, network with other people. It's not some place where somebody's going to ask them at the end to whip out a check for 25000 or 100000 or $1,000 or anything yeah. else. That comes a month later. Yeah. That comes a month no, no, it's absolutely a, a safe place for people to come. And we want people to come and experience it and just and put their toe in, right? That's how we build the, the ecosystem and, and people learn. And, and if they can't, you know, the conference is a paid event. Um, at night during the demo day, is a free event open to the public. So if people don't want to or can't spend a whole day or don't want to spend a whole day on fintech innovation, they can just come to the demo day in the evening as a community member. We strongly encourage that. So um, the paid event runs from 8, well, I guess VIP, so it starts at 8.50, paid event, runs till 5 o'clock, and then yep. demo day is open to anybody in the world that wants to show up um, to the extent that they're okay with the standing room only. Correct. Yeah. Standout, selling room only, standing yeah. room only crowd, exactly. Okay. So, and that's where the um, 10 class members will pitch. Yeah, they'll do their full pitches, the six minutes with slides there at Demo Day. Okay. As Sarah mentioned, they're doing kind of their one-minute movie teaser during the conference. Um, we want all the conference attendees to stay, and we think that kind of helps them stay for the, the big big finales, getting, getting the movie teaser during the conference. Yeah, so, um, but if you... Yeah, if you had your preference, they'd still come to the to the full day because there's a lot of a networking opportunity for them, as well as just an opportunity to learn and listen as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, everyone would be welcome. You don't need to uh, feel that you're gonna um, have to provide something or isn't the right fit. Really, everyone's welcome to come to the fintech generations conference, and we'd love to have them. Yeah, especially with that discount code for fifty percent off, <laughs> only for listeners of your podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, no, well, thanks so much. I. Um, I appreciate it. Um, I guess uh, anything else on the um, out of the city or on the class that just kind of highlight one last time that listeners kind of figuring, hey, where can I contribute or you know, what are we missing? Um, anything else on that note? Or I know Sarah hit it pretty well earlier. You no, know, I think I reiterate the points which are come and listen to these folks. This is hard work they're doing, right? And just by coming and listening to them, you're supporting what they're doing. So I would encourage yeah. you to come out. And then, you know, class nine is already open for applications. So if you know people, if someone here is listening as a FinTech idea or knows people in the space, um, send them our way to our website because we're constantly recruiting for new companies and talent. So um, the bad thing is the quality of the applicants has gotten better, which means it's more difficult to get in, right? But for somebody that's sitting in the Wells Fargo tower, maybe I shouldn't say Wells Fargo since they're program One, one of the generic yeah, towers. Yeah, one of the generic, yeah. Um, but for somebody that's sitting in the tower that's got an idea that's been kind of building something, um, how do they come just safely talk to you about how far along am I or anything yeah. else, right? It, it's a great question. One of our companies um, in this cohort, Optimus, Chris Rivers, was an executive at TIAA, and that's been a year-and-a-half-long conversation with him when he was uh, an employee there and had an idea. We talked with him about how do you flush it out, how do you start building a team. Um, and one of the things, we won't take people into the program until they're ready or they've made the jump to do it full-time. But we work with a ton of people confidentially behind the scenes um, to kind of build them up and, and talk about where they need to go and what resources and what networks to do. 
Um, that's part of what we think we do. We have tens of thousands of potential fintech entrepreneurs sitting in those towers, but it's a different sport. You can be a great athlete in one sport, and you try and go play another sport, and so like, wow, this is different muscle memory. This is a different set of practice routines, yep. and that's what we help them do. Okay, so you don't just tell them they have an ugly baby and to go away. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. But that idea of, I've seen it in entrepreneurs all the time, hey, I've been a subject matter expert for 10 years or 20 years, and I saw this pain point that no one was solving because it yeah. wasn't worth Bank of America's time to go solve, yeah. and I think I can go solve it. I love that story. Yeah. I'm an expert. I saw the problem. I built the solution I always wanted to see. Yeah, so, no, I agree. Those are... Um, those are great places, and hopefully they can be better than me as a subject matter expert that started my own fintech startup and failed it. But um, no, that's because we weren't around. Had we been around, yeah, exactly. You would, been, you would have been a home run rock star. That's right. So, anyways, well, thanks so much. Thanks for um, you know, thanks for carving out thirty minutes of your day. I know y'all are busy, especially as y'all head into the final weeks here of the conference. Um, and thanks for the. Um, for the 50% off coupon code for our listeners, they can go to www.qcfintech.co. Um, and or to just fintechgenerations.com. Okay, never mind. You can go to fintechgenerations.com. <laughs> Either way, we'll get yeah. you there. So um, anyways, well, thanks again for taking time. Um, you know, uh, the class is great. They speak highly of the program in the city, and I'm excited about the conference in a couple weeks. Well, it's great to be on. Thanks for the continued yeah. support. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. That was great to hear from Dan and Sarah. Again, they've... Um, They've created, I, I believe, or uh, my thoughts are a world-class accelerator program right here in Charlotte. <clears throat> a lot of that is due to the mentors and the companies that are, are latching on and, and helping and and, um, and assisting these founders as they continue to, to grow and iterate their businesses. So really well done um, over the course of the last, uh, I guess, six years now for Dan and two years now for Sarah excited about the QC uh, FinTech Demo Day. Again, please don't forget to go to um, www.qcfintech.co where you can register for the FinTech Generations Conference. Uh, Sarah mentioned it in the podcast, but you're more than welcome to enter in uh, CLT Angel for a promo code of 50% off registration price. Um, if you can't make it out all day long, certainly love to see you out there for demo day, five o'clock start Avid exchange, June 13th. Um, again, come out and, um, come out and meet some of these co-founders, uh, you know, come out and meet some of the, the investors that are thinking about investing in these companies or other companies within Charlotte, come out and mingle and just get to understand or get to know and, um, grow into the ecosystem, right? Be a part of something that's really exciting. Come steal their excitement and momentum, right? I mean, it's a it's a different world than what we see on an everyday basis. So certainly hope that um, that many of you, I know certainly all of you won't be able to, but certainly hope many of you will be out there and certainly look forward to meeting you while we're there. So thank you very much and look forward to having you back on the Charlotte Angel Connection next week. <laughs> William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener.
Seacrest Blakey and Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.